Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E, and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. This is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee and is sitting down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic book. The coffee we'll be doing brewing today is called Shikiso, roasted by DeMello Paletta Coffee Roasters. And the comics we'll be discussing today are Justice League number six, Batman 53, and Gideon Falls number six. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy what you hear. If you are a regular person, regular patron to our show, we thank you for sticking by with us. Uh, if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating and make sure to tell all your friends about this podcast. Now, before we warm up, to that hot cup of coffee let's uh let's catch up a little bit what's got you giggling over there what do you <laughs> mean what do you mean if you're a normal person what no regular regular re- patron to our show you said if you're a regular <laughs> person you don't, don't think i didn't catch that one okay <laughs> oh what a man <laughs> i followed that up with regular patron you're rude because i was gonna say patron as that person you know what how's your, how's your week been man um it was pretty good until i got shafted last night on Dokken Battle. I got shafted <laughs> so hard on those summons. We were told to not summon on those banners. Yet we summoned anyway. You came out on top. Yeah, with yeah. With two I did. LRs. And yes, I did. I came out with <laughs> nothing but hot garbage. So, uh, lesson learned. Won't be doing that again. Uh, I will follow <laughs> all advice on Dokken Battle now. No, but because you already dropped a bunch of stones, the new 250 mil download banner coming out, you're going to get a bunch back. You're gonna get a bunch of tickets. I don't even know what's on that banner. Like it could just be like ten different kinds of trunks. Like who knows? Like you know. (laughs) But uh, but other than that, um, I watched uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. So Pacific Rim Two. All right. Okay. Uh, Not quite as good as the first one. As the first one. It's different director this time, right? Yeah. Different producer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that pretty much explains it. But uh, (laughs) uh, it wasn't bad. It was still entertaining. Mm Hmm. The it, it does have that John Boyega factor, okay. Um, but I, again, yeah, it just just wasn't as good as, as the first one. I mean, throw a couple of giant robots in there, I'll be fine. But but uh, <laughs> in terms of the story, just uh, didn't make a heck of a lot of sense. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I haven't seen either. So uh, unbelievable, you know. You, I'll, what I'll catch you. And you day. call yourself? I think it's on Netflix. I and don't you know. call yourself a. <laughs> A fan of spaghetti. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> what about you, Cherry? What have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, just getting over my sickness, actually. Last week, uh, that's kind of like when it started. So it, just getting over it now, it's just like dry coughs and stuff. So if you hear me just like dry coughing and coughing my lungs away in the back, you know, just excuse me. But uh, yeah, lots of great books coming out this week. Um, so actually we have a little bit of an announcement uh, moving forward we're gonna tr- because there's so many good books coming out now right so we're gonna try to dedicate a lot more of the show to covering a bunch more different books so for example today we're gonna be covering three different books uh, instead of the normal two and before we used to do one right um, so we're gonna try to cover more books and to do that and to get you quicker to the comics content because I know everyone's here and really wants to listen to about you know 
comics content. So uh, we're going to be moving our coffee segment, not so much all to the back, but we're going to introduce the coffee and then we're going to get right into talking uh, about the comics. And once we do that, once we finish that, before we do our Offerings to Dark Side segment, we're going to then, you know, take our guesses at the coffee and then we're going to do the coffee reveal. Um, we're going to try that out for a little bit because we wanted to streamline things a little bit. Uh, we've noticed that uh, there's a lot of times where we're just sitting here going with the uh, <laughs> with the coffee. So uh, <laughs> we wanted to tra- we wanted to change that up a little bit. And also, because we've had such bad luck guessing the coffee, I figured if we add another 45 minutes of just us sipping on the coffee, maybe that'll change our luck around. Maybe that'll help us out with getting the flavor notes. So we're going to be putting that uh, after the comic segment. So we're actually going to be implementing that change uh, starting from this episode. So yeah, why don't we go ahead and do that? Why don't we go ahead and do that now then? Uh, let's go brew that coffee, and then we'll come back and talk about some uh, some comics. Yeah, hopefully we won't get shafted. From talking... <laughs> you know what? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's... it's, uh, it's coffee time or comics time I don't know (laughs) it's a confusing period (laughs) and we're at the comic segment Uh, in this segment what we do is we take some of our favorite comic books that are released on a week to week basis and uh, we discuss them we analyze them and we break them down and we talk about some of the themes that are covered in these books Uh, this week we have Justice League number six, Gideon Falls number six, and Batman number fifty-three. Uh, but before we get into talking about comics, uh, Victor, why don't you introduce us to the coffee we'll be drinking this week? Absolutely, Jerry. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this week's coffee, yeah, uh, is from De Melo Palieta Coffee Roasters mm-hmm. uh, here in Toronto, Ontario. Nice locals. Uh, the coffee is from uh, a region called Guji out in Ethiopia, and it's called Shakiso. Shikiso, nice. So let's sip on this. Let's talk some comics and see where this goes. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, first book we're going to be talking about is Justice League number six. It's written by Scott Snyder with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters by Tom Napolitano. Our boy Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is the penultimate chapter to, uh, to the arc, mm-hmm. right? And uh, some really interesting things happen. So before we get into that, uh, this is the spoiler spoiler warning tag, if you will. Uh, because of the nature of the show and due to the, the things that we'll be talking about and covering, uh, there are going to be spoilers in the show. So Okay, Jerry, I think they all know con- what a spoiler is. Okay, just, so consider yourself just, spoiler just, warned just, okay. for the segment. All right. For the comments we'll be talking about. Okay. Okay, so Justice League number six, what did you think? Uh, when I first read it, the first couple of pages, I was really afraid it was going to be another uh, Lex Luthor issue. Oh, okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they just go into the background of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, which would be weird because the background of Joker <laughs> is still very much up in the air. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to... Um, I think they tried to, to, to tack a background to him. Right. In... Uh, was it the Red Hood? Uh yes yeah yes, uh and the Red Hood Gang I think it was yeah yeah, uh they tried to tack a background to him and it just didn't, I don't think it stuck, like it just didn't stick, mm-hmm. like him being a comedian, 
in his former life, I think that stuck. But everything else, anything else after that or before that is sort of just like whatever, right? Uh, so I was afraid it was going to be another Lex Luthor. But it's interesting you say that because it was, wasn't it Scott Snyder that established that? Yes. That like was sort of like further cemented that in the the zero year arc, I think. It was when he was really more prominent in the Red Hood gang and then fell into a vat of acid. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, same idea here. But in the issue, they talk, I think they mention more about his like comedic background. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that they, you know, they really brought that back that. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm glad that they didn't go that direction because then I just, but okay, are you going to do this with everybody in the Legion of Doom? Like, <laughs> it's going to be like 30 issues before yeah. <laughs> before we get to I think that would be a little too much. It'll be good for tie-ins, but there will be no <laughs> it point been, now. It would have been dropped real quick if you ask me. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can always count on Scott to bring so, it back, to on, bring track. It back on track. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I thought it was a good issue. A really good issue, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of obviously revelations came out of this issue right, right? in yeah. terms of in terms of what to really do with what the heroes are fighting against mm-hmm. right uh, but that were my thoughts okay <laughs> that were my thoughts <laughs> my goodness even the way it just laughed was weird what's wrong with me today <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just turned into like I just turned into like a skinny Peter Griffin for a second uh, but what did you think Jerry what did you think I think the I think the issue was really well pasted this time around, and I think they they set up the reveal at the end, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But they set up that reveal really well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the characters really came into a revelation about themselves that they they all fell into that at the right time, right. and I think they they pasted the arc so far to a point where it made sense for them to try this alternative mm-hmm. so that they they all attempted it and they all reached that result that they were looking for together mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. all came to that realization yeah. which is great because I think if it's done too early then it doesn't feel justified if it if it's done too late then it feels like it's a shoehorned type of thing mm-hmm. I feel like this is the right time for for them to be attempting something like this yeah and for them to to get to where they are now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that's kind of like my overall feel about the way that they have pasted this issue and the way that this issue was done. I think it's a really well done issue and I again like I just can't can't wait until the next issue to be to find out exactly what happens with that reveal, which yeah. we'll discuss. Um but the one thing one thing that uh that this issue really I think covers is the idea of acknowledging your fears. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, they talk about how everybody has sort of this base instinct about how to react when facing their fears. Yeah. Right? Um, the The idea being like a lot of it is, you know, like fight or flight or in their situations because they have superpowers is how they use their powers to, to fight that back, to yeah. fight back the fear or to avoid <laughs> the fear altogether. Right? <clears throat> so for John Stewart specifically, he avoids Sanchi, right? For Martian Manhunter, he avoids being connected with people because he's afraid of what people will see. Mm-hmm. With the Flash, he's afraid of slowing down because he doesn't feel like he's fast enough to save everyone. Yeah. Right? So 
they they all they all have a very specific way to to guide themselves in their actions and that's kind of the power they received and what makes them who they are mm-hmm. right but in this issue um in order for them to truly understand their fears and to conquer their fears they ended up reacting in a way that's opposite of the of what they're used to doing right and i think the issue highlights that really well so we have the flash who ended up just sitting on the ground just sitting down and slowing things down and pretty much come to a halt um we have martian manhunter trying to connect with everybody in the world right and then Mm -hmm. it's just them trying to face their fears allows them to connect deeper within themselves Mm -hmm. and allows them to understand what it is that's hindering their progress Mm -hmm. right uh yeah i i think those those three particular panels where martian manhunter is apologizing to oh you mean when they had their back face to us and yeah facing like those three, were yeah. three very powerful moments yes right because then you had martian manhunter uh admitting that that well, <clears throat> i mean truthfully it really wasn't his fault but he said it was his fault that mm-hmm. that his people died yeah and then you had um the flash who said you know i i see you right i see you and then that i'm pretty sure that was his mom Mm -hmm. right and then uh you had uh john stewart apologizing to the people of zanshi saying you know i'm like i'm really like i'm sorry like i'm sorry you guys had all had to die Mm -hmm. and those three panels were so powerful because when when they were finally able to i guess come to terms um with with those particular events mm-hmm. I, I think it um it, it truly brings them back to why they're heroes in the first place right because yeah. it's, it's really easy to to get muddled up in storylines mm-hmm. right like you know say for example the flash you know <clears throat> he's always fighting somebody right i mean they're all always fighting somebody and I think um, we it's important to take that moment and step back and reconcile yourself with a painful past to remember why we're heroes in the first place. What what sparked what sparked us to be the heroes that we are? Yes, right. And I think that also played a big part uh, in in the big reveal that that uh, comes out at the end of the issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's those three panels particularly I think is sort of the climax for me, the climax to to this to this issue. Right? right. Because they finally understood how to progress. Right. Right. And they finally understood what <clears throat> Luther had meant and that mm-hmm. Luther is correct. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to face your fears. But you do it together. You do it together. You do it in, you know, you do it as a unit. And in doing so, it allows you to try to surpass what you are now mm-hmm. and to become somewhere, something else and to sort of reach a certain new height, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can apply that. We can sort of apply that to everyday life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a lot of people 
sort of you know and myself included I, I'm guessing you included as well for pretty much everybody the case has always been you react with your instinct don't right? lump me in with you wow <laughs> just trying to have a moment with you and so a lot of people <laughs> you know are, are kind of afraid to take risks depending on the type of risk they are right because there is either the fear of the unknown which you know we can see here in Justice League with the fear of the totality or it could be a fear of death it could be a fear of consequences and stuff like that right um, but everybody sort of has this fear of taking certain risks mm-hmm. but if you don't take those risks you you don't know what is on the other side of it and you can and and that's sort of highlighted in the uh, in the panel with Joker at the end you could do well or you can bomb but you you have no idea you just do it mm-hmm. and that's just life mm-hmm. right and i think that's exactly what he said there too right mm-hmm. you you can do well you can bomb that's life and they seem to they seem to now finally understand mm-hmm. that and i think a lot of people now sort of understand that as well and i think with especially with social media too it does help in a sense like you know oftentimes you know we think think of social media as like you know, just this like the side thing that a lot of people have in their life, and sometimes it could be good, sometimes it could be bad, and whatever, right? But the one good thing is it does unite people, right? And if someone is afraid to do something, you have support groups online, and you have you know ways to to show progress online, and people will come to your aid and support you and help push you through that line, right? Mm-hmm. And that helps you to become sort of a better version of yourself when you connect with the people. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what's illustrated here in this issue. Mm-hmm. They finally are able to connect with everyone. Right. Yeah. I think the big thing too, <clears throat> sort of, is is basically in line with what you just said. On top of you know, uh, sidestepping the fear of of doing things, right? I think it's also them just not running away anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, because we 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 all have things that you know everybody does. Everybody has something that they're that they're sort of trying to get away from. Yeah, right. Um, and for for these three, I think them finally. I think the big thing is is and and why they they draw they drew drew it the way they did with their backs facing facing us as the readers mm-hmm. is they're no longer running away from the things that hurt them the most mm-hmm. right they've they've stopped and now they're they're turning around mm-hmm. and they're facing their problems yeah right um again just something i wanted to point out and and it's it's just in basically in line with what you said right mm-hmm. on top of going out of your of out of your comfort zone and, and doing the things that need to be done you also have to stop running away from your problems, face them, and in that particular way, you can finally move forward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, I think the, again, just the way they drew it with, with their backs facing us is very powerful. Right? I think so. Just turning yeah. around and facing their problems. Like, I think all of us at some point in our lives have to do that, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Just so much power <laughs> so much power in, in, in such a sh- small amount of space yeah yeah absolutely and I think it's very well illustrated too yeah. and my sort of takeaway from those panels as well yeah. is them with their backs facing us it's mm-hmm. almost as if they've become a silhouette 
Yeah. And they become a silhouette that we can project onto. Yeah. Right? That when you see them face on, you, you see them as a character. You see them as who they are. Mm-hmm. You see them from their back. You see them facing what we're facing as well. We're facing the same direction and we're projecting ourselves essentially onto these characters. Right. And at that point, learning to face their fears, learning mm-hmm. to face what it is that's been holding them back. Right. Right. Um, so the big reveal we wanted to get to uh, in this issue is that at the end, uh, when they finally come to this realization, when they finally uh, started to unite the world, because Mushroom Manhunter had uh, basically connected to everybody, everybody on Earth, mm-hmm. right? And when they finally got to that point, it's revealed that the enti- that there's a logo that showed up on the planet that showed up on planet Earth. And that is the White Lantern logo. Yeah. And that the power that was drawn out was the White Lantern power. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of that reveal? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a big fan uh, of the different Lantern Corps, mm-hmm. right? And, the, and when, when they revealed the, the White Lantern symbol... Okay, first of all, I had to confirm it. Because I was just like, there's no way... There's no way that this is exactly what I think it is. Yeah. So I had to Google it. I was like, okay, maybe like it's a, maybe it's something different. Yeah. I just typed in White Lantern Corpse. I was like, no. <laughs> so and I did and, the same thing too because because that wasn't it wasn't what you were expecting yeah. to see, right? Yeah. So. It's so it's so far out of left field. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you know, like, it's not that's something you would expect out of like a Green Lantern Corpse story. Yes. Right. I I haven't seen that particular symbol not since uh, brightest day. Okay, right. Yeah. Which was like that was like eight years ago, right? Yeah, so yeah. I saw it in in a bit of the uh, the new Guardian series that came out in New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 had that in there, but but yeah, um, it hasn't been that prominent. I don't think. No. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair too, though they they did sort of put a halt to that mm-hmm. uh, for the last little while too right because that, that, that was like blackest night moving into new 52 was when they went like crazy over that stuff yeah right there's all oh, yeah well we got this core now we got that core. yeah that entire jeff john's green lantern <laughs> yeah run was basically establishing all these core and getting yeah. to this spectrum right yeah. so and and they've sort of like taken a very big step back from that in rebirth mm-hmm. right uh but for them to, to, to bring the White Lanterns back in this particular way, again, super far to left field. But it got me excited. Yeah. yeah. Because the now the implications are huge. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, when you if you look back at the last page, um, it does say... How far back am I going, though? That's the question. Uh, it does say... I think it says... Which page? Like the, the last last page? There you go. I found it. Yeah, very last page. It says, uh, fight planet with planet. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me then is that Earth is the sentient planet for the White Lanterns. Okay. Just as how Green Lantern has one. And now I think Umbrax is, itself is also yes. a planet. Yeah, right? I believe... I believe they mentioned that Umbrax is a sentient being. Yeah. But it's a sentient planet. Yeah. yeah. So th- this planet versus planet stuff, 
it's it's gonna be big with next issue yeah so but a little bit of me is is chuckling a little bit yeah because when you say fight planet with planet and it's too ball and they just <laughs> they're, they're just, just smash, gonna keep smashing they're just each smashing other. into <laughs> each other they're just gonna keep clashing into each other and yeah. just be like no move you move out of the way <laughs> but um uh, uh, but i mean these planets are able to to fire off some pretty crazy uh uh, energies energy guess. beams yeah yeah like, i mean uh we've seen uh, uh what's the what's the name of the uh, of the green lantern planet that's sentient i don't remember do you remember i don't remember okay well i can quickly it. look it up i'll look it up you keep going well what I were mean, you getting my my point is hinged on, on the this, sentient green planet. on the sentient green planet mogo Mo- <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> i'm gonna forget about that um <laughs> But I, when you watch Mogo fight, like it's just it's just like firing like crazy beam after crazy beam. It's like watching the Death Star, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm just imagining just two planets instead of smashing into each other, just firing beams at each other. <laughs> <laughs> take this, no, you take this, because <laughs> there's not much else they could do, right? Like, yeah, exactly. They just keep shooting beams at each other. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I I think that would be really cool, and I yeah. think it's it's hinted there, right, in the yeah. title with fight planet with planet, right, but. Um, my sort of takeaway from that is when the reason why I think the White Lantern logo showed up is right. because when Jeff, um, no, not Jeff Johns, John Johns, yeah. when the Martian Manhunter, Jeff Johns, I was like Jeff Johns, I was like, wait, what? No, because we were talking about Jeff Johns, right? Yeah. Uh, when uh, when the Manhunter, when he connected with everybody on Earth, yeah and sort of talk to them and show them their weakness instead of their strength a lot of these emotions are sort of hidden inside and it's sort of being suppressed now by the ultraviolet right yeah um and what's really happening here is they're bringing all of these emotions to light mm-hmm. they're bringing all of these suppressed emotions to light mm-hmm. and they're saying you don't have to be ashamed of them you don't have to fear them yeah like they they're a part of you for a reason yeah. right and everybody on, on Earth has sort of different, like different sort of emotions dominating others, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why we have in in the uh, in Jeff Johns's run, we had people like we had Mara join the the you know, the red red, uh, red lanterns. We had Luther joining the Avarice. We had um, we had Batman joining the Yellow Lanterns for a very brief period mm-hmm. with fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not well, actually not not so much. I think he rejected it. Uh, Jonathan Crane was in the was in the Yellow Lanterns yeah. because of fear, mm-hmm. but everybody has sort of a bit of a bit of emotion that dominates other parts of who they are. Right, right. So in that moment when he connected everyone together, I felt that it kind of meant that everybody's emotions were connected together as well. Yeah, and because it encompasses every emotion on the spectrum, mm-hmm. the the light that shows up on on the on the planet and takes over the planet yeah becomes a joint emotion mm-hmm. and that is the white lanterns yeah right and that's sort of what i took away from that and i think that's what actually helps create plant the planet earth as sort of a sentient being yeah yeah because the, the other thing too um now that i really think about it like all, all those emotions they're all a part of life Yes. Right. We 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 all go through those things. Right. We all have things that we're not particularly proud of, um, 
and and we're gonna keep doing those things Mm -hmm. right like that's that's just how it is right that's life and i think when when they were all connected everybody sort of came to that that conclusion at the same time right yes Like like that this is just how things are yeah and i think just like you said once that conclusion was reached that's when the plan is like all right it's time. <laughs> All right, throw up the white lantern signal, guys. Let's let's do it. Let's, let's throw do, down. Let's let's throw down. Let's throw down. <laughs> Throws on a cape. <laughs> Half the world goes dark. What's going on? <laughs> Just blankets over. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in to uh, to see uh, where they're they're planning to take it. Like n- now, is Earth permanently going to be a white lantern? Mm-hmm. Is Earth permanently going to be sentient? Because then that also now has some larger implications moving forward into future storylines as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm super excited about how this how this arc ends, mm-hmm. and uh, it's coming in like two weeks. So I think it's coming in like two weeks. I didn't check the release date, but it's been on wow. every other week. Wow, so. unbelievable! Wow. Unbelievable. Anyways, do you have any parting thoughts on Justice League? Where any sort of like this, a wrap up. This thought. better be an epic fight <laughs> of planet a, versus planet. A planet versus planet. It's just twenty two pages of two <laughs> planets shooting beams at each other. <laughs> imagine if they just imagine if the the <laughs> they did like a a spread. It's like twenty. Like each planet is eleven pages. It just shows parts of the planet as you're flipping. <laughs> it like, becomes a flip book. Yeah, you're, and you yeah, like yeah, quickly yeah. whiffle through yeah. the twenty two pages, and you just get. One beam shot. Yeah. <laughs> Next issue. <laughs> Earth fires its beam. <laughs> that, that would be very Dragon Ball of them, that's for sure. That would be very, very Dragon Ball of them. Uh, but it's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. I think so. I think so. Uh, up until now, Snyder's conclusions to his epic stories have never let me down. Never, ever. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to our next book. Uh, the next book we're going to talk about is Batman number 53, which also wraps up the Cold Days arc. Yes. Uh, it's written by Tom King, art by Lee Weeks, with colors by Elizabeth Braywazer, and letters done by Clayton Cowles. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about this book? I called it. I absolutely called how this book was <laughs> going to, how this arc was going to end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, for those of you who didn't catch the previous episode, uh, do you want to just sort of recap what what you sort of estimated would happen in this issue? So, again, uh, spoiler warnings, I guess, according to Jerry. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> due to the nature of the way we talk about okay, this. stop, thing, stop. <laughs> they don't need to hear that twice. Uh, spoilers. Um, so, in this particular issue... Uh, it's revealed that uh, that Bruce Wayne got himself on the jury, yeah, uh, in order to basically talk um, the jury out of convicting Mister Freeze of being guilty without proving it beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it's it's multifaceted why he's doing it, right? Uh, the first reason is for him to basically talk himself out of of being the batman that he is mm-hmm. right because it's it's very apparent at this point that 
he wants to rediscover what it means to be Batman, right? Uh, number two, I th- he's doing it because he wants to make sure that that Gotham can think more for itself. Yes, as opposed to taking everything that Batman does at, at, at uh, as absolute, mm-hmm. right? Um, so again, I called it. I knew, <laughs> I knew he bribed himself to get on the jury. I knew it. I was like, "There's no like, like how how it? It's just too much of a coincidence." Yeah, that for him to be on this particular partic- case, exactly, yeah. exactly. And the third point is he knew he messed up. Yeah, that was the third point. He he knew he he messed up with Mister Freeze and he and he wanted to fix it. Yeah. Um. So this was a crazy way, crazy way to to end an arc and. And you knew he was hurting. Like, you knew throughout these last three issues that he was just reeling from the fact that he got stood up at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and you 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 have to feel bad for him. Right? You have to feel bad for him. Um, but at least now, we have a Bruce Wayne that's determined to rediscover what it means to be Batman again. Yes. Right? And and I'm I'm excited to see how he goes about to do that mm-hmm. on top of just wearing his old suit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he put on his old suit with the uh, with the trunks on the outside and everything. Yeah. Um, Nostalgic. <laughs> but uh, what are your thoughts? The Okay, so we were talking about uh, we were talking about last week when we talked when we covered 51 and 52. We talked about how this was sort of a way for Bruce Wayne to break away from Batman. Mhm. But truly what he wants to do is to reconnect with Batman. Yeah. And in this issue, at this one point, he talked about uh, he talked about a reference to Job. <coughs> right? Yeah. Um, but that, that's how you would say it, right? Job. Uh, I think it's Job. Job? Yeah. To Job? Yeah. Like Arrested Development Job? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I had no idea. So when he was talking about him, really, it was a reference to himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... At this stage, he had mentioned that once he lost his parents, and when he was hurt at his like lowest, he seeked to he be. Sought. He, he seeked. That's <sighs> <As> in. <laughs> it's, he sought. Thank you. To be transcendent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Which in doing so, <laughs> yeah, and in yeah, be in the uh, in the uh, new fifty two. Um, the Dark Side Wars. <laughs> yeah, the Dark Side War. <laughs> when he took Mobius' chair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sought transcendence. And in that, he sought to become Batman. Yeah. He sought to become better than everyone else, to become sort of the city's protector. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had asked the jury that who in the room had been saved and is alive today because of the Batman. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much all wrote, you know, all raised their hand. Mm-hmm. And... That was sort of the point he's getting at is that everybody is treating Batman and as this godlike figure mm-hmm. that he cannot m- make a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And for them to show Mr. Freeze or to sort of render Mr. Freeze as not guilty mm-hmm. were to say that God made a mistake mm-hmm. and is to question God. Mm-hmm. So at this particular reference when he was talking about Job is that, and he says here, God tore this guy's life away 
and uh, burned his farm and his children. And, you know, Job gets angry and asks why. And at this point, God says, I created the mountains and the miracles. And you're questioning me. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Right. And in this particular case, he's really asking himself who he is. He has fine. He had finally received happiness. Um, and he had, you know, he had reached the point where Batman had become good enough to protect everybody and to protect him from pain. Mm-hmm. Right. So he had reached happiness, but he at this point got that taken away from him with the uh, situation with Selena, mm-hmm. and he had questioned why. Mm-hmm. And really, all Batman's response to him on the inside is, "Why are you questioning me? I provided you with this happiness. Mm-hmm. I provided you with this escape when you initially was hurt, mm-hmm. and I provided you with all you are now." Mm-hmm. Right? It's him coming to accept that Batman really is who he is right right um and i think this this book had a really this book really came at a good time Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of people on the internet were pretty upset about the fact that the wedding didn't go through and what it had meant for you know he's gonna be oh he's gonna be sulking and he's gonna be an upset bruce wayne blah 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 and nobody wanted to see that but i think this book really put that into a different perspective Mm-hmm. Is that Batman and Bruce Wayne have finally come to understand that they're one and the same. Right. Right. And that for Bruce Wayne to be happy, he sought out to be Batman. Mm-hmm. And that, those were his happier, happiest days mm-hmm. because it protected him from the pain that hurt him the most. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think this book did a really good job flipping that script around where everybody thought he was just going to become upset. He really become he really became more understanding of himself mm-hmm. and sought to reconnect with Batman again mm-hmm. and to provide himself with that happiness and protection. Right. Yeah, because I think the big thing, you know, just like you were saying, uh, he was using Batman as a way uh, to sort of get away from it all. Yeah. Right? Uh, to seek some sort of answers that he was looking for. Right? And, he th- and the big thing is up until this point, he thought he had figured it out. Right, he thought he had reconciled what it meant to be Bruce Wayne and what it meant to be Batman, and he thought that they were one and the same. Until he realized through Selena that they were not. Yes. Right, uh, because if she had truly fallen in love, if they were truly one and the same, then there would have been no difference between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But she saw that there was. Yeah. Right, um, and I think through that realization, again, now he's trying to reconnect with what it means to be the bat, mm-hmm. right, and trying to and figure out and find those answers all over again. Yeah. So this journey moving forward is gonna be really good. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This this sort of journey of rediscovery. Yeah. Right. Um, and and it's crazy because a lot of times you see stories about his journey to rediscover what it is to be Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. what it is to be a man what it is to be human Mm -hmm. but very rarely you see a story about his rediscovery to become the bat yeah because the bat is truly who he became Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and yeah having having Batman be the answer to his solace is is a crazy to me is a crazy way to to spin this story because I, I I had thought 
that after the fallout of 50, it was going to be the idea of him trying to shed the Batman, trying to trying to come to a point where he can reliably let the city protect themselves. It seemed that way. Yeah. Uh, especially when you looked at the, the cover of this issue. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. oh, here we go. It's This is the time again, right? <laughs> because he's done this previously. Um, uh, with uh, when there was a brief moment in time when Bruce Wayne was thought to be dead. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember that storyline? It was with uh, it was when Dick Grayson was Batman, and yeah. then Damien was was Robin. It was Batman Batman R.I.P. Right by by uh, Grant Morrison, and then when Dick Grayson took over, that was when Scott Snyder was writing Detective Comics. I can't remember now. It was yeah. so long because it was a uh, Batman uh, Black Mirror. That was one of the first Batman stories I read, too. It was Batman Black Mirror. Like, that was one of the more, like... I guess one of the first Batman, like, comic I read in the modern era. Yeah. When I sort of got back into comics. A lot of people recommended Black Mirror. So as I was reading, like, New 52 and stuff, I was was reading Black Mirror. That was really good. I'm trying to... Now it's bothering me. What is? Because... Hmm. Because the fact that I don't remember it the the storyline or the the title of the storyline really it's really grinding my gears <laughs> you know i'll let you search for it uh, i'm just gonna put this out there to the listeners let us know what you think about this arc and let us know how you felt about the from the end of 50 from the fallout from 50 to the end of this arc now uh has your opinion on the wedding changed has what you thought was going to happen happened or have you has this sort of taken a completely different spin for you? Uh, let us know. Shoot us an email, um, and and just you know, let us know your thoughts. We can have a discussion about the comic as well, uh, you know. And I think will be I think it will be really fun because this arc has sort of taken us both as a surprise, right? I, I think I can say that for the both of us. And uh, so just you know, let us know. Contact at darkrosecomics.com. and uh, oh yeah, now I remember it was straight up. It? It, it was straight up just called Batman and Robin. Huh. From, from New 52. Oh, that run. Oh. Yeah. That was okay. That, no, wait. New 52 Batman and Robin was Bruce Wayne. No, it was... Uh... It was the Batman and Robin from Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. That was before New 52. Yeah, that... that okay, look that up. It was... Bat, okay, it's Batman and Robin, Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly, and that was when Dick Grayson was teaming up with Damien. In the new fifty-two Batman and Robin, Bruce Wayne had already come back, and that was by uh, that was by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Is yeah. And in the first arc for that new fifty-two one, they were fighting a guy called Nobody. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. It's Grant Morrison. Yeah. It was a Grant Morrison Frank Quietly run. Because that was that was also at the same time that Graham Morrison wrote Batman R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Tony Dano, I believe. Oh, it's been no. See, see now I'm reading the Bruce Wayne is dead after his death at the hands of Apocalypse and Final Crisis. Dick Grayson has assumed the Bat mantle as the series begins. It's his first week on the job, and he's nervous as hell. Damien isn't helping matters, so so da- so Dick Grayson is the Bat. In this particular run, yeah, that's not New Fifty Two. Final Crisis was before New Fifty Two. Final Ooh. Crisis was before that, 
readers because he he died yeah he died in Final Crisis yeah uh, when he was fighting Darkseid because yeah. Darkseid's Omega Omega Sanction sent him back in time yeah yeah I and apologize. That, that was Batman making his way back through time. Yeah. Fighting his way through time. And that was when Dick Grayson took the mantle. And yeah. Now, now I remember. Now yeah. I remember. I, what was the original point I was trying to make? <laughs> <laughs> this Here's the thing. When you read comics for as long as you've read them, I mean, I'm different from you. You, you clearly remember everything. But it gets jumbled in my head at some point. No, it gets jumbled for me too. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, I apologize. That was a long-winded... Uh, search for this particular bit of information. Um, I re- forgot the original point that I was trying to make now. Uh, but uh, I think what I was trying to get at. Uh, well, we're talking about Batman's self discovery, right? How it's like a little different from what we're used to because we don't normally see him be having a self discovery or rediscovery of trying to right, become okay, a Batman. Okay, sorry. What again, my right? original point was. Sorry, I thought I was like, we were talking about the cover, and I was like, okay, here we go again. He's gonna shed the he's gonna shed the bat, and then right. Dick Grayson's gonna assume the mantle again, right? And Damian Wayne's gonna become the Robin. Well, he's already the Robin in this in this particular uh, part of the universe, right? Right. And I was like, here we go again, another Batman and Robin, Volume Twenty. But <laughs> but uh, no, he. Uh, He's just going through a rediscovery period. Mm-hmm. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So long winded. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. No, it's okay, man. Sometimes that happens, you know. Because then, it and it's so good because, and I think comics really do that well um, because there's so much rich history behind a lot of these characters that you sort of get lost sometimes in in the direction that they take. Yeah. But if a story is written well it sticks with you but you, you don't necessarily have to remember what issue it's on or who or whatever right yeah but it's there and you always know it's there mm-hmm. right and that's become a part of the character now mm-hmm. so I no sometimes I get jumbled up too when I when I sometimes like go back and I need to like figure out when when it happened or where it happened or whatever yeah. I, I sometimes get that messed up too but that's alright but yeah that was the point I was trying to make <laughs> <laughs> Which it's about the cover. cover yeah, there's only just it, it started from the cover, <laughs> and then it just went off to somewhere else. <laughs> uh, speaking of the cover, real quick, just want to get this out there. If you find Dakari Andrews' uh, cover, the variant cover for this issue, my God, it looks so good. It's very good. Very, very good. He has done some really good variant covers for this arc, and uh, you should definitely seek him out. And it, the variant covers for DC Comics right now all have that very minimalistic look so they all have just the cover um, and then at the bottom is just the, the three creator last names right mm. and it's oh, so good I don't know so I, w- I don't know if minimalistic is how I would describe minimalistic in terms of layout because this one is very movie poster-esque yes no 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 sorry when I meant like minimalistic in terms of like editorial minimalistic yeah they they took out a lot of that that big block title in the middle we, and then all that other stuff and then the editorial sort of small message at the front. It's like whoa, what will Batman do? Type of thing. They took all that out and they just put the creator at the bottom and they just let the art shine. Right. This is a very um, this art style 
and the way that that, that they've laid out the colors on this variant cover really reminds me of like uh it's like a very futuristic ghost in the shell kind of kind, kind of, of thing cover. yeah uh, um, and it reminds me a bit of arkham knight as well yeah yeah i think i gotta go find find this cover and buy it uh, that's what i gotta do <laughs> all right but before you go find that cover uh, do you have any parting thoughts on this issue or on this arc i'm just excited where they're gonna take because because this is now a reset button for for batman yes so now um mr king is free to to write batman <laughs> however he wants at this point yeah right so i'm excited to see how they're going to rebuild Batman as a character mm-hmm. this time from the ground up uninhibited by anything that's happened in the past well at this point 53 issues yeah yeah, yeah. right so uh, please <laughs> give us something good <laughs> <laughs> going into this arc after 50 my initial thought when I first saw the cover for 51 right yeah is I was like man he just it just looks like he's gone on this rampage and he's killing everybody or yeah. whatever. But I'm glad they didn't go down that route. Mm-hmm. This whole arc happened in a in a courtroom, in a jury room. Yeah. And it became this this sort of ride through Bruce Wayne's journey to reconnect with what he values most, mm-hmm. with what gave him the ability to become who he is today. Mm-hmm. And all of that happened in a courtroom mm-hmm. and, I, and I couldn't be happier yeah because if if this had happened while he was Batman or if this had happened like you know as a discussion with the Bat family or whatever like all of that stuff is he's still the Batman and making those statements but this is him truly as Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. making that connection back to Batman right you know because he felt like he fell from the grace of Batman and he really needs to get back to it mm-hmm. right and that's what provides him with the happiness so I'm glad this arc is the the way it turned out I'm really glad that's how it turned out and yeah I'm really excited for it moving forward I wonder if in the next issue there's going to be a panel of him as Batman apologizing to Mr. Freeze <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like that's the right thing to do after you beat him half to death yeah you know what I mean yeah like, like show up at his apartment like oh what the I'm sorry you beat him you beat him half to death put a batarang in on the side of his head like just etch into the side of his head yeah and then wrote a note on it that says he did it ask him yeah and then clearly he didn't do it yeah <laughs> so he, yeah definitely he should go and apologize yeah I think so I feel like that would be a good resolution final resolution to this arc just him showing up and go I'm sorry that by now and then <laughs> he, leaves. he just leaves um but yeah no we'll, I, i'm definitely interested in seeing where where batman goes at this point yeah for sure um okay so at this point we're going to move on to our final book of the segment um and it's another arc ender and it's uh gideon falls number six uh this is the the final issue of this arc and it wraps everything up and boy Lots of craziness happens. What a crazy issue. Crazy issue. Uh, Gideon Falls number six, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Steve Wands. Um, boy. I don't... <sighs> <laughs> Say something. A, like, stop, it, just stop uh, breathing uh, like that for a second. I, like, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, word it, 
And I'm just thinking about all the things that are happening that happened in this issue. And man, it was a trippy ride. Yeah. There is um, there is no real way to to sum this up with with just words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to describe it. Yeah. Because this story was crazy. Not this issue was crazy, not in terms of its story. Because the story itself was, I think, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. But stylistically, it was crazy. Yes. Like, visually, it was just like a, like I was just on LSD or something. Yeah, like, it was a visual. Not that I know what that's like, but I mean, imagine, <laughs> I imagine that's what it's like. When, after reading that issue, like, it was crazy. Just, yeah. the, just the stuff that happened after, um, after Father Fred entered, uh, entered through the door. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, now I sort of understand why you're making all those noises. <laughs> yeah, right? It's hard to describe it. It's hard to yeah. put it in words. Um, but we're going to try the best we can. We're going to try to discuss, I guess, what we thought about this book, you know, what we sort of got out of it. Uh, the big thing for me is, this to me is the first time that they've connected the two worlds between Norton and Father Fred. Yeah. Um, visually, it's presented that way as well. Uh, there was that panel, pretty much at the beginning, Father Fred goes through, he looks out the window of the barn, <coughs> excuse me, looks out the window of the barn and he sees the city Mm -hmm. and to me that was the first indication that this black barn is what's connecting the two together not the first time remember there was that time when when Angie looked in the mirror and saw and saw the barn no she saw um, did she see the barn no she saw um, uh, the 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 sheriff no not the sheriff the uh, the guy getting murdered Right, okay, yep. So that was the first time that they connected those two worlds. Yeah, but to me, it didn't It didn't show me that the barn was the one doing it. Well, you I, know? I mean... For me, that was like, okay, there's a connection between the two worlds. Yeah. Is why she's seeing it. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time where, to me, it, it felt like it's literally the barn. The barn is the middle point where you cross over. Okay. Because Father Fred literally walked into the barn and looked out the window and there was the city. Mm-hmm. Right? And so to me, that's kind of where I thought that happened. But, okay, okay. You know, to each other. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <clears throat> but you're right, though. I actually had forgotten about that moment. Can and you that, stop coughing you know, for a second? Wow, I'm trying to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Give me a break, man. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no. About to cough again. You uh, keep going. No, but um, (coughs) the the craziest thing, and and I think this is the point where I think it's finally cemented that this is a paranormal story. Yes. Uh, was when he just goes to this vacant lot, and then all the pieces of the door just happen to be there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are the chances that the the pieces of this door are still here after all these years? Right. Yeah. Like I'm just, and just the fact that it's a it's a vacant lot in the middle of a of a busy metropolitan. Mm-hmm. Like there's like the, there's there's absolutely no chance. Right. So this has to be now. It to me is officially now a paranormal story. Yes. And uh, Father Fred is in Gideon Falls, right? Yeah. Because I don't remember they because I'm trying to remember the part earlier on when they mentioned that he is in Gideon Falls like like a definitive it was in the, he's, in, Gideon Falls. It's in the first issue 
that he's in getting yeah, false. They, yeah, he's in getting false. Because at the end of this issue, um, there's that sign that says, welcome to Gideon Falls. And that mm-hmm. was in Norton's world. Mm-hmm. So to me, I feel like this is a story connecting two different timelines. Yeah. Right? Not just so much two different worlds. I'm telling you, Lake House, bro. Lake House. Like, <laughs> the Lake House theory is live again. Yes. From the very first issue, I think. I called it Lake House. What do you mean? What? I called it. Wow. I was the one. I feel like I put Lake House out you there. You did not. You did not. Listeners, let us know who put the Lake House idea out there. I'm fairly certain it was um, me. I'm fairly th- certain it was me. Because I'm a, I'm a huge Keanu fan. And uh, mm, I think I put Lake House not, out there. Not Listeners, enough, apparently. let us know. Contact wow. at DuckRoseComics.com. Let us know who put Lake House out there. But regardless, I'm really glad the Lake House idea is back. Okay. Because whatever. it means we were on the on the right track. No, I was on the right track. Wow. <laughs> Listen, we operate as a unit. We operate as Dark Rose Comics. We're, we're a unit, man. Sure, we're, whatever. We're a team. Yeah, come on. So I think it's I think it's really interesting what they have done with the story and how they're connecting it together. So right. what I think happens is and this is sort of like based off of what I think is happening in the story and what right. how it was gonna go on right norton is going to build the door he's, he's going he, to rebuild the barn he's yeah he's rebuilding rebuilding the whole yeah. barn he's rebuilding the whole barn and he will be the cause of what happens to gideon falls mm-hmm. of how all that craziness is going to happen in, in gideon falls yeah yeah aside from that i was also thinking about the previous issues when he said that and i think it was the third issue I believe it was the third issue when they showed like all the different uh, pieces of wood he's collected from the barn. Yeah. And then I think back of him saying, we got to recreate the barn. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, there's no way you have enough wood to recreate the whole barn. <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely no way. Because it's just like the sample size was just so small in his apartment. And the wood, the wood pieces were like, they were tiny. Yeah. Unless there was like a collection that just wasn't shown. Um, earlier on, earlier on in in, in this particular storyline or in the arc, like there's the, there's no way he has enough wood to recreate the whole barn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so aside from them coming to this realization, they got to rebuild the barn. Yeah, and Father Fred going through the barn and stuff like that, he comes across this machine. What are your thoughts on that machine? It's the one with like the two little tower thing and it's got that orb in the middle. It looks crazy. Well, what do you think that symbolizes? It looks like the totality from <laughs> from Justice League issue six. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's all tying together now. Gideon Falls is part of the totality, guys. Half-Life 3 confirmed. <laughs> Half-Life 3 confirmed. That's it. No way, Halfway Three is never coming. Gabe Newell, you, this is this is it. You this can re- is it. You can reveal it now. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that machine, I think what's really cool about it is it's literally, it's got that little orb in the middle, and it's literally connecting two points. Yeah, and I think that's what this is, and it's really showing this is what's connecting the two points. Mm-hmm. And the machine could sort of be like a time machine type thing, and allows for somebody to travel back and forth so the barn could be this entirely huge time machine a la lake house a la lake <laughs> it's just a mailbox it's just- <laughs> <laughs> whatever you put in it a norton gets <laughs> on the other side <laughs> on the other side yeah um yeah i i think 
I think that's that's the best way to think of it at this point. It's like the heart of the barn. Yes. Right? And, um, you know, whoever travels within the barn in and out, like, that, that's what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything else that goes on in it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like, I, like, just those particular pages when when father fred is just having his lsd trip inside yeah. the barn like like is this what what this barn does to you like holy smokes like you i mean listeners you you gotta read it to believe it yeah like it's <laughs> it's just, it's like it's just like you have to take like a whole bunch of drugs and you're just like all right now it's time to draw it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was crazy yeah and like kudos to kudos to andrea Oh, yeah. Sorrentino I mean, I hope you didn't actually take a whole bunch of drugs <laughs> and then drew. I mean, to each their own, but but yeah, good job. <laughs> good job, yeah, because it's it was really a trip. Yeah, and that's the, really the only way to describe it. Because at one point, uh, Father Fred falls down and sees what we believe to be Jesus. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's having a conversation with Jesus. Yeah, and uh, and it's. And that little part had a bit of a revelation that it's sort of like, okay. It, and it never struck me that way. Uh, so basically, you know, Gideon Falls is Jesus, or the Black Barn Jesus, mm-hmm. asks him, you, you have a choice to make, right? And he, he's chosen, and he has between knowing the truth or saving Clara. Yeah. Right? And in that particular moment, he asks, why can't you just help me? And he says, your faith in me has wavered mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do for you now mm-hmm. right that that's sort of been that that's sort of acknowledging Father Fred's own journey of mm-hmm. trying to rediscover himself as well in this series mm-hmm. trying to rediscover his connection to faith mm-hmm. right and and it's interesting this is the moment where he comes to realize that yeah right um, so instead of choosing instead of choosing to understand all the answers which is presented in a TV, you know, in a TV box, which yeah. is interesting that they use that to to represent truth. Well, also, how would that happen? It's just like, all right, I choose the truth. It's like, all right, well, just yeah, sit down and, and just, just, you know, just crank up the volume and here we go. VHS, yeah. and, but this thing, I think that's an interesting thing is that if you want to know the truth and you search for it, you're just going to be fed the truth. But is yeah. it the real truth? Mm-hmm. And that's why they show it in the TV box because... Really, now the only way for us to get a first-hand account of something is to be there. Is to be there, yeah. And if you're not there, you're never going to get an unbiased truth, mm-hmm. right? You're always going to be fed some sort of biased truth, so that you will come to an understanding the way you want the the way they want you to, mm-hmm. right? And I think at this point that that's sort of what it illustrates. Yeah, I also think. Um, that the truth will turn you into a completely different kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, is it Joe Reddy? Yes, uh, it's Joe Reddy that uh, <clears throat> that's going on this murdering spree, right? Yeah. Uh, I I believe this is my theory. Mm-hmm. I believe that Joe Reddy found the door to the barn, and he chose the truth, and the truth is what turned him into what he is. Okay, that's my theory. Okay. So, and that's why the barn got so upset that Father Fred didn't choose the truth, mm-hmm. and he chose to save uh, 
Clara yeah. instead. Um, because now the barn has doesn't have another conduit to go and do more killings. Yes. Right? Uh, so I believe that Father Fred made the right choice to, mm-hmm. to not choose the answers because the answers would have turned him into something completely different. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad to see that Clara is alive. Because now she's going to go on a hunt for her brother. Yeah, Which exactly. is another insane thing. Yeah. That he's going to be alive after all these years. And he's going to have a really deep connection to the barn, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's Norton? <gasps> Whoa. Because oh. Norton came from... Hold on. Whoa. Revelation on oh the show, God. guys. Revelation on the show. Oh. We did not think about this prior to the recording. Whoa. Oh. You should see how red our faces are right oh, now, guys. Man. My face is really red right now. Yeah, right? me too. Yeah. I'm feeling really warm right now. Wow, because because that's he said that's where he came from. He came from he came from the barn. Yeah, and prior to that, and he came as a kid. Yeah, and prior to that, he has no knowledge of of where he came from other than the barn. Mm-hmm. And Clara's brother was lost through the barn mm-hmm. as. As confirmed, I guess, by uh, by the doctor. Yeah. Dr. Sutton. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Hold the phone. I'm, I had never thought. Oh, man. That 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 changes everything. That changes everything. So there, the, now, it's, I mean, oh, of course, so, this is all speculation. That, yeah. It, yeah. Speculation time. But yeah. that explains why he has those visions. Yeah. And why he's constantly looking for a way back. Yeah. Oh man! Wow! Oh, oh, we're wow! We are just completely speechless right now. This moment, man. That okay? Wow. So, let's put it out there. You yeah. heard it here first. We yeah, think they're we think they're siblings. <laughs> yeah, we think Clara and Norton are siblings. Uh, whether that whether or not that comes through, I don't know. But we're very excited <laughs> to know where this goes. Imagine, My goodness, imagine, the imagine Jeff was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> now I'm gonna rewrite the whole story. <laughs> First lake house, now yeah. the sibling thing. Ah, oh. uh, d- these guys, <laughs> they're they're onto something here. Um, wow. Yeah. No. Let's. Yeah. That that's one for the books for sure. Mr. Sorrentino, if you're listening, let us know. We're dying to know. Oh man, that would be crazy. I think that would be just absolutely crazy. But but it it, it just makes sense. It just makes sense that that's that that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Because that that answers multiple things, right? Yeah. Um, that answers number one where where Norton is actually from. So mm-hmm. that now gives. That now fills his background. Yeah, that sheds light on on where what he's referring to. Um, yeah. That that puts a face to who Clara's brother and who Doctor Sutton's son is. Yep. And and then now that's now that's the bridge to our lake house theory, mm-hmm. right? Because now, yeah, now it confirms that you can travel back and forth between yeah. those two timelines. Wow. Wow. We need to become writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh I've got nothing else to say now. Like now I'm now I'm going to just mull this over until until the next story comes up. <laughs> this that ha- th- it has to be it. Yeah, I think so. That has I think to be so. it. I think so. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Okay, so... Man, yeah, I got nothing else to say. That's such a revelation. And it's such an important revelation for this story as well, too. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it happened in the most organic way. Yeah. Because it was literally something we we did not think yeah. about. As the we were the light bulb just went off. The light bulb just went off. And it's all the seeds that they planted. Yeah. That that Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino planted in the story that yeah. led us to this moment of revelation. Yeah. Wow. What a way to end the arc. See now, now you just have to read read it now. You just have to read. Like, can't we can't wait for the next issue now? Well, the next issue is going to come out in October. I think. I can't wait. Yeah. I literally can't wait. I might. I'll probably just reread the reread the series now, knowing that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to reread it and see if I can find any clues and find any hints. But I got a message. I got a message, Jeff. Now, just be like, okay, forget the just forget the release. Just tell me now, <laughs> please. Are we right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Jeff Lemire is going to the Expo this year. Uh, and maybe that's now. why. See, and here's another clue too, because because Norton took off his mask. Right. Maybe that's an indication that that his that the revelation of who he is that it's there. Yeah, like that's sort of what's hiding who he yeah, was. Yeah. And it's now being revealed, right? Yeah. Because more and more layers are being peeled off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. okay. So I, yeah, I we're think... going to be reaching way deep into this issue now. So why don't we leave it at that? Yeah. Um. Let's, let's... What a way to end the arc! Absolutely, just some some of the best things that we've read. Yeah. Um. So do you have any parting thoughts on it before we wrap I'm up the stunned. segment? I, I'm stunned. All I can say, I mean, I must have said wow like thirty times th- in the past like ten seconds. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm flat on the floor right now. Yeah, this is the best writing so far that I've read. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, one of the best. One of the best. One of the best. Uh, I, yeah. I think the saying best. the best is is yeah. That's because I really liked his other stuff too, yeah. and I really like some of the some of the other writers too. Like, yeah, there are some really good stuff up there, but this is this is among the tops. Yeah, because this because like I was saying, this happened in the most organic way. Yeah. That we can think of, yeah, right, and it, it wasn't spoon fed to us or anything. Like it was, he he had all the seeds there. This has to be a movie, yeah. Somebody, okay, if any, th- didn't someone pick up the rights? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah, but if it hasn't already been picked up already, it has to be a show. It can't be a movie. I think it has uh, to be a TV yeah. show. Yeah, I think as a movie, then you're gonna start holding people's hands to get to that point yeah. faster and uh, I think that that wouldn't pay off well it's gonna yeah, be a at least a show. show this would make a great show yeah absolutely this absolutely. would make a great show there's a lot of stuff that would make a great show yeah uh, this being on the top of the list I think so for sure I think so okay so Jerry yes now that we've had a chance to sip this coffee throughout our comics discussion what are your thoughts and what kind of notes are you getting from this? Okay. So, well, first thing first, the coffee, really smooth, mm-hmm. really good. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Very smooth to a point where it just became like I wasn't really paying too much attention to it after a while. It was just it was going down really nicely, and I, I don't know. I really liked it. Okay. Um, some of the notes I was getting initially, I was getting a lot of chocolate, mm-hmm. and I think there, there was like a lot of cocoa to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started getting that aftertaste surprisingly of black tea leaves 
Okay. There's a very specific uh, aftertaste that you get with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you you know if you're a regular tea drinker, and uh, I, I felt that in here right. with this one it, that right. had that lingering around, and then I think there's a little bit of fruits in there as well, and for me it it had a little bit of green grapes, hmm. but uh, I'm not sure how right I am on that one, but I, I do think that's kind of what we're getting. Um, there's a little bit of nuts, no idea what it is. Right. So I have it's just it's just somewhere in there, but I think it's very small. It's not very it's not very uh, predominant in the flavor. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm where I'm at with it. Right. Uh, what about you, Victor? Um, I got a bit of dark chocolate. Uh, I was I was definitely getting some of that the black tea leaves as well. But for this one had a really like heavy soybean flavor to me. Okay. Just real heavy right. soybean. Like I could just throw it on some white rice and it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and and unfortunately for me that that was a really overpowering flavor. Okay. Um. So not not one of my most favorite coffees, but it was it was smooth. Like you said, it was smooth. It was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not as enjoyable as I thought it would be. Okay. All right. Fair but, enough. But good. Nonetheless, <laughs> I try to be positive here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. So that's all. That's all this is, you know, positivity all around. So let's uh, let's do the reveal and see and see how well we did. Yeah, let's do it. Blueberry, banana bread, and maple syrup. Oh my goodness! <laughs> we thought having more time would help us. It did not. And my goodness, we struck out hard. Banana banana bread? And maple syrup. Yeah. And what was the first thing? Blueberry? Blueberry. Oh my goodness. We uh uh it's Maple syrup has a very distinct aftertaste. And yeah. I think I, I I think I may have gotten that mixed up yeah. with what I thought it would be. Yeah. But it makes sense now. Not the banana bread part, because I actually don't eat banana bread. I, I'm not huge on what? bananas. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on bananas. I'm not a fan. This is new to me. Yeah. So actually, I would have never guessed banana bread because I have no idea how that really is. I've had yeah. it like a few times that I just gave up on it. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, it's uh, offerings to dark side. <laughs> <laughs> it's offerings to dark side. And we're at the offerings to dark side segment. In this segment. We take something outside of the world of comics, outside of the world of coffee, something that we enjoy and we offer it to you, our listeners, and we hope that you will enjoy it too in due time. Uh, this week, Victor, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us what you want to offer? Just this week? <laughs> Just this week. I start off first. Um, so my offering to Darkseid this week is a band okay, called Breaking Benjamin. Okay. Now, it may seem a little out of left field because people are probably going to go, Victor, really? Breaking Benjamin? We all know about Breaking Benjamin. But have you heard their new album that came out this year called Ember? I have not. You have not, exactly. And that's the weird thing because Breaking Benjamin is a band that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like they started out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, their, their songs have been featured uh, on every, in every game possible, <laughs> right? yeah, they've been on in Halo, they've been on WWE SmackDown, yeah. Uh, Actually, that's where I initially heard of them. Yeah, when they came out with when the song they, Firefly, yeah, right. Uh, that was a long time ago too. That was like 
WWE SmackDown when they were still on uh, the PS2, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're a great band, like unquestionably a great band. But yeah. I don't think, and you know, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they've been as prominent. Uh, not since they came out with um, their album Phobia in uh, I believe it was 2008 when they came out with the song uh, Diary of Jane okay uh, so I haven't really heard much of them and about them since that time but they've released a couple of albums since then uh, this one being their newest one uh, and I'm just addicted to that track uh, on the album uh, Torn In Two Oh, okay. I've literally just been singing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I, the yeah. whole week, I've just been singing it. It is it is such a great song, and it is it is such a great album, actually. Um, and I highly recommend you know older fans of Breaking Benjamin who haven't heard them in a while definitely listen to that album. Okay. Um, and you know fans that on the odd chance you may have not ever heard of Breaking Benjamin, check it out too. If you're a fan of rock music, um, it is definitely a really great album, mm-hmm. and. I just have it on repeat right now. <laughs> so again, the band is Breaking Benjamin. Check out the newest album, Ember. Ember? Nice. All right. What about you, Jerry? What you got this week? <laughs> okay, so this week, uh, I want to offer a board game. It's called Betrayal at House on the Hill. I see. So the premise of the game is you you're, you go in with a party, like you're a party of people, and uh, you you're sort of walking around and discovering things inside a haunted house Uh, but the house itself is sort of uh it builds as you go so when you go through the house and you decide where to go you put down additional tiles and those tiles will tell you what else can be connected on there what it's in there and stuff like that so the house becomes discoverable as you go so every time you play it essentially the haunted house is a little bit different every time um so you go, you discover things, and then you come across like you come across spirits and other stuff, and like they and like other omens and stuff like that, and they tell you of your fate, and they huh. tell you of your fate of what happens soon, what happens next, and stuff like that. And everybody goes in and sort of like do their own thing to discover this house. But at some point in the game, something switches, something flips, and one person in the party becomes the betrayer. So they betray the rest of the party. And now everyone is sort of... And it just takes some everyone by surprise. Even the betrayer doesn't know that they're the betrayer until it happens. Right. Until this omen happens. And then it flips. And now this omen is on the hunt for everybody. Right. But sometimes the betrayer may not happen. There may right. not be a betrayer. It may just become a common thing where everybody comes across this thing. And now they got to all compete to try to achieve that objective first. Right. So it's really cool because it, it throws a wrench into it. Um, you're trying to learn more about the house. You're learning more about yourself. And all of a sudden this thing happens and the whole game state changes. And right. I think it's it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds scary. It, it's, I, mean, I wouldn't say scary, but, but it's... Uh, I think it's more like unpredictable. Like yeah. You just don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. Which truthfully, if you're in a house of horror, that's exactly what that's it's exactly like. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, exactly. So... It's a lot of fun. We played it. It's really easy to pick up, really easy to learn because there's like just a few base mechanics you yeah. gotta learn. Yeah. And then after that, it's just kind of free flowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm I had a lot of fun playing it. The first time I played it, uh, it was actually Eva and I. We went uh, with a friend of ours to a board game cafe. Yeah. And he taught us how to play it there. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah, it's a lot of fun. Nice. A lot nice, of stuff. Nice. So the game is called Betrayal at House on the Hill. 
All right. So I, I would recommend definitely you should go check it out we if should, you're a fan of board games. We should probably play it right now. Oh, we should. We should play it tonight. We got yeah. a couple people coming, right? Let's so, do it. Yeah, we, we should do that. All right. So that pretty much concludes our offerings to Dark Side Salmon. Let us know what you feel about the new restructuring of the show. Um, we, we do feel like we, we want to get as much comics content to you as possible and as early as possible in the episodes so that we can get it, you know, get off the ground running with the comic stuff. And we will be covering more books moving forward. So we wanted to make sure we get the time to, to really let each one of these books shine and, and, you know, give you as much comics content as we can. Uh, so let us know what you think about, you know, about the change and if you like it, if you don't like it. Give us some suggestions of maybe some things that you want to see change as well. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in to this episode. And we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. So also remember to rate and leave us a review uh, if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you want us to discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash geeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. And we also have a Facebook page going at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. And if you want to be a part of the community, uh, join our Facebook group. And our Facebook group name is called Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. I want to end the segment on a quote that I think is really hilarious from Justice League when I was reading it. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it was Wonder Woman where she says, Flash, you need to slow down a lot faster. That is, that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see ya.